This is Michelle McKenzie, and welcome to the WTF Podcast, where we demystify entrepreneurship and the fog around funding. Did you know that August is Black Philanthropy Month? August is a global celebration and a concerted campaign to elevate African descent giving and funding equity. My guest, Dr. Jackie Bouvier-Coltbland, has been laying tracks for the narrative on Black philanthropy for over 20 years with the support of Reunity, formerly the Pan-African Women's Philanthropy Network. Black Philanthropy Month launched in 2001 with the first official global summit to commemorate the United Nations year and decade of people of African descent. Over 30 diverse women from multiple countries throughout the globe um, the Global Black Diaspora worked with Dr. Copeland to co-organize BPM. In this episode, we'll discuss why Black philanthropy matters, the need for global Black funding equity, why are Black women at the forefront of this movement, some common misconceptions about Black philanthropy, and we'll also discuss the 2022 theme for the Black Philanthropy Summit, which is fierce equity, um, Fierce Equity of Now, From Dream to Action, and What That Means. Dr. Copeland, welcome to the WTF Podcast. Thanks for having me, Michelle. I'm happy to be here. You're welcome. It took us a little while to get here, but we're here yes, now. we're here now. All right. <laughs> we're here now, and I am very excited to learn more about Black Philanthropy Month. Okay. What is it? What motivated you to start it? Well, I've been working in philanthropy for about 40 years. And one of the things you would always hear working for major foundations and finance institutions is that black people don't give, which was absolutely untrue based on my personal experience, the research. And so the initial one of the key initial impetuses for black philanthropy month was to raise public awareness about the tremendous and longstanding, actually ancient practice of black giving that continues in the Americas, not just the United States, but worldwide. And number two, um, giving is such a hardcore component of our DNA as black people. We don't even necessarily recognize it as special ourselves sometimes and don't know the history of it and, and think that you need to be a wealthy black, white man to be a philanthropist. And so part, that part of And I'm really looking forward to demystifying that part of philanthropy. That yeah, we can uh, I want to I want to launch right into <laughs> it cuz that was one of my kind of initial thinkings is that people need to know that giving time, talent, treasure, voice, moral support, testimony are all forms of giving. You don't have to be um, uh, a white male. You don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to work for a foundation. You don't have to work. Everybody. You don't has have to, to have a big it. corporate company where you need somewhere to, no, to park your no. money and get the, the interest. And the benefits tell you how it. powerful it is for just African-Americans we collectively give at least $11 billion a year. Okay. And so Can that's that say, $5. Say that, again for, say that again for the people in the way, way back so that they understand. Say that number yeah, again. Yeah, there's a part two of that because we have a huge economy of giving in the U.S. alone. African-Americans 
collectively give at least 11 billion, that's with a B, dollars a year. So there is money in the community. And that's only the money that can be tracked through people's tax returns. It doesn't include all of the people who give and don't expect expect a tax write-off, right? Um, It also does not include the Black immigrants who are also giving, and their giving tends to be more international, but they give $12 billion a year. And now remember, this is just the giving we know about. So you add it together, and this is a quotable that I want everybody to remember. Black people in the U.S. give at least $23 billion a year. So don't let anybody tell, whether you like the term or not, you call yourself what you want. You know, I'm not a philanthropist. I just help people out. That's philanthropy. Okay, if you're giving it to help your community, um, the country, somebody else, that is philanthropy. And there are just many, many different ways to do it. And so part of it is to claim our right, you know, all those, all our movements from the Underground Railroad, abolition movement, civil rights movement, women's suffrage movement, all those smaller And there's some larger amounts of dollars together actually drive history and are a way we can finance our dreams of a better future. So the other message is, you know, there's always some crisis in some part of our community. Once we get together and plan and give collectively, we have the capacity to address our community's challenges. There's no reason for despair. There is no reason to feel like it's hopeless. Oh, the COVID, oh, the climate change, oh, the, you know, the white supremacists are targeting us. That is all true. And that has been happening for a long, long time. And our secret power is our capacity to give whatever we have together. It drives progress. So that's that's the message in part. I'm a Pan-Africanist. I'm named, I name it publicly now. There are almost 2 billion black people on the planet in Africa and across the world. And all of us are giving. That's part of being black. That's part of our culture. No matter how you do it, you can be tracked to ancient Egypt. It is what we do. If we find ways, given that we're facing many of the same challenges, no matter what the world crisis is, it impacts us worse. We can do more to support each other, whether it's around maternal mortality, infant mortality, education, um, the disparate impact of COVID on our communities worldwide. Just like other communities, Latinos, uh, Asians, uh, Europeans, they collaborate across national boundaries more than we do. For How mutual- does Black Philanthropy Month help to harness and bring that given together in a very constructive way? How does Black Philanthropy Month bring, harness that global Black given that's out there and organize yeah. it in a structured way? Well, we've always been global 
from the very beginning. So I want to say that because that's very unusual. Much of the black philanthropy movement um, that's in the United States focuses on African-Americans, not even necessarily the ethnic diversity of our own community in the U.S. So that's where it, it started is to say that Africa is here, um, the Caribbean is here. Uh, I'm Caribbean itself, we're here. Okay, and, and it doesn't matter what we call ourselves. The fact is, the world sees us as Black, and there is a certain um, oppressive ideology, a set of stereotypes, um, and discriminatory practices that come with being classified as black. But on the other hand, there are all these practices and cultural attributes we share in common, like the high levels of giving. Black people in the US give the highest proportion of their income in philanthropy. I mean, that is a pretty radical statement when you think about it. And so what we have been doing in one is creating Black Philanthropy Month a forum that involves 60 countries. It's not just the U.S. and actually it's not just Africa. It really is focused on Africa and its global diaspora, which includes but is not limited to the U.S. And so every year there is a series of summits that allows us to get together, to plan together, to know one another, to support each other's projects. And we just um, yesterday closed out Black Philanthropy Month, which involved seven action summits that we organized that included the U.S., the Caribbean, uh, Brazil, all of Africa, and Canada. And then the world organizes own independent events. And so right now we have about 20 million people across the world 60 countries celebrating Black Philanthropy Month and recognizing that our giving is powerful, it matters, and that is a cultural bridge that we share across the diversity of the Black world. Now, we have some spinoffs because you, your question was, what structured way do we have for people to give to one another. So there are there are now a handful of pan-Africanist philanthropy vehicles. And so we want to make sure people know about them. There's the Imperative Fund. There's an, actually Black Lives Matters is another pan-African uh, philanthropy vehicle. There's the organization that I'm a part of, and Black Philanthropy Month is one of our programs. It's called the Women Invested to Save Earth Fund. And we support mostly women-led environmental technology companies and nonprofits uh, across the Black diaspora. Like we are reading the news today that Jackson, Mississippi has water that is toxic, that will kill people. And so how can Black philanthropists and business funders across the world support that community in crisis? We support amazing companies from the first black woman to own a solar company in the U.S. We support a company in um, Kenya that actually can create drinkable water out of thin air. 
and is um, is very important. The UN says there will be two billion people on the planet in just three years who have no access to safe water. That's happening in the U.S. already, the Caribbean, and across the world. So there are these vehicles, and we are also in conversations about how. But to before set- you move on, um, Jackie, let's 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 let's. Pull a little bit more on the string around the businesses that are solving some of these big global challenges like water and how we harness black philanthropy to because on the show, I talk about funding for entrepreneurs. Right. So in terms of entrepreneurs who are running these types of companies that are solving these major problems that are black. And as we know, black entrepreneurs have a harder time attracting capital. How is Black Philanthropy and through Black Philanthropy Month working to, and you've already alluded to it, some of the companies that you are supporting, but how do we play a role in ensuring that there is funds flowing to those underrepresented founders who are having difficulty finding capital to launch, scale, and grow these businesses? Right. So I think it's first to recognize that this is a community a global community challenge for black people. Whether we're looking at funding nonprofits, nonprofit businesses, or for-profit businesses. We only get 1% of the business funding and we only get 2% of the philanthropic funding. Okay, so this is- And this is globally consistent because I speak across the globe and it's the same thing everywhere. And we're trying to do research to document that, but the data that are available that we're trying to consolidate proves that we're only talking about 1% to 2% of the funding, whether it's foundation funding or venture funding, okay? And so this is an issue- like the, it's the last frontier of the civil rights movement and our independence movements. We do not have economic justice, whether we're looking at funding from philanthropy or venture capitalists. So we focus on funding equity, not just for philanthropy, but for businesses too, because both our nonprofit and business sector need to be strong. Now, I'm starting there because some people say, oh, it's Black Philanthropy Month. What's that got to do with business? Well, first of all, August is also Black Business Month. It's in part why I you know, chose August for Black Philanthropy Month. And classically, if you go way, way back centuries in Africa, the classic uh, rotating credit, and that's what we call it now. They're different names. Ruska, rotating, rotating savings, savings yeah. and mm-hmm. credit. Whether we call it SUSU, or SUSU, partner, it's called lots of different things in the diaspora, yeah. but it's there. They yeah. all have, they, most of them have a philanthropic community funding side, and then they have an enterprise, entrepreneurial business funding side. And often in the philanthropy movement, we only think of one side. This is a pool of money in our approach to philanthropy or funding is that you got to fund the businesses, can't have a healthy community with just well-funded nonprofits. We need commerce. We need economic opportunity for people. So I start there because not everybody's on that same 
wavelength. Mm-hmm. Businesses are That's critical. the model for like women's empowerment in Africa with the VSLA, the Village Savings and Loan Association. Exactly. Where the women come together and they're doing some level of enterprise and they're using that pooled funding and resources to fund social things in the community, but also to fund their business enterprises. They get it. And, and our ancestors in Africa always got it. So we need to look to that model and stop adopting this more fragmented model that we have contracted in the U.S. that says that business and philanthropy are totally separate. I mean, in fact, the philanthropy comes from mostly from people who have some discretionary income left after they practice their business. So we have to work on both. Exactly. That was the root of where the the excess that went into philanthropy came from because people got successful and rich doing enterprise. Exactly. And so we there's a term for it being used today and it's called blended finance. That if you have some money to fund organizations in your community, you need to figure out how to use philanthropy when when it's appropriate, but also business finance and do it at the same time. If you're really interested in equity and justice, we need to fund businesses because in the U.S., small businesses hire most, most people. And so if we can't sustain Our businesses, and yes, Black women in the U.S. and worldwide have the highest level of entrepreneurial or entrepreneurship in the world. But we can't sustain our businesses because even we get 0.6% of the business funding. It's less than, it's hard to even wrap your mind around we get, and even though we're 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 founding businesses, we're the least funded, right? Well, and a lot what, of those exactly businesses what don't I'm, what want I'm saying. to grow and sustain because of lack of access to capital. And this well, is how Black Flag is yeah, help. That's what I just said. And so mm-hmm. we are not. We started with this name, philanthropy. You know, Black Philanthropy Month. But I want to emphasize that we're focusing now both. Because you can't have strong philanthropy without strong businesses and you can't have strong businesses without philanthropy. And why do I say that? So I'll use the example of the WISE Fund. OK, and remember, we're on both tracks. We're funding businesses, but also nonprofits. So we raise money in the U.S., but as a philanthropy, there is nothing to stop you from giving your money to a socially impactful business. You can make grants to businesses and it's so important for our businesses because most business startups use their own, the founder savings or friends and family money. And truth is we don't have friends and family money at the because of leg- legacies of economic injustice that redlined us. We couldn't go into the bank and get a business loan or businesses in predominantly black communities would not be funded. And so basically, and anybody can do this, the wise fund to the extent that we can raise the money is providing grants. This is money to businesses to substitute for the friends and family money that they can't get. Remember the VCs aren't funding them. They're not funding us. 
And so we will make, we have made grants from 20, from 10,000 to $25,000. And we just made a loan of, of almost $500,000 to a business. Let me tell you, even when you have all the excellence in the world and you can't get funding because you come in a black package or you're a black woman, that money means everything. And then we provide coaching, we provide support um, for publicity as well. And it has helped several, we just started doing this two years ago. And several of those businesses were about to go belly up during COVID when, when it first started and everybody was confused. A lot of the commerce stopped and it was a lifeline for them. So my message is, if you are a philanthropist, if you're giving money to nonprofits in your community, think about how you can support some businesses, especially the businesses that are, have the potential to be economic engines in your community and provide jobs and provide some innovation that will address, for example, toxic water like we're dealing with in Jackson and Flint, or um, will address educational challenges in your community. Businesses are critical to social impact and have a huge potential ripple effect on community economies. Use your philanthropy to support nonprofit and business entrepreneurs for community development, equity, Injustice. I am speaking with Dr. Jackie Copeland, founder of Black Philanthropy Month. I think now is a good transition point into the theme of the summit for this year, which is Fierce Equity Now from Dream to Action. What, what are some of the pathways to action when it comes to equity? Well, I want to I thank you for that. And uh, the theme is Fierce Urgency of Now. Uh, which is a statement from Dr. Martin Luther King in 1963 that I chose because it reminds us that we have to be ever vigilant in promoting justice, equity and justice in our communities. Many of our leaders are weary, uh, just given the challenges of COVID and the economic downturn that our communities have faced, climate change. And so the core message is that justice won't wait. We need to remain consistent and resilient. And dreaming is important, but we need to come together for concerted action. So about 2020, Black Philanthropy Month started focusing on funding equity, as I was mentioning before, in both the philanthropic and the business sector, because we are severely underfunded. And that is a legacy of global racism and colonialism. We have the same level of excellence. We have the same level or even higher levels of entrepreneurial spirit, but we cannot get funded like other communities based on our merit. And so we have a program focused on funding equity that we are implementing it. 
implementing. First in 2020, we convened and got feedback from the 1 million people who participated in Black Philanthropy Month to create 10 global Black funding equity principles. And I'll give you the link to those principles so you can share it with your guests. And the whole idea of that, or your audience, is that there are 10 pathways to true funding equity in Black communities that build our economies and promote justice. And you'll remember after George Floyd was murdered, there were all of these companies that said, okay, yes, we haven't done right by Black communities for a long time, Uh and we're going to fund them. A lot of that funding did not come to fruition. And one of the excuses is we just don't know how to do this. It's just so hard to promote Black funding equity. So we're have, we have 10 guidelines. If you're a business funder, if you're a philanthropic funder and you don't know how, you implement these 10 guidelines and we can almost guarantee you and we will help you that you will have more equity in the, in the, the Black segments of your market if you follow these practices, which are not rocket science because companies manage to do it in other communities. Um, and the, the best practices, the cutting edge approaches are not much different for black people. The, you just need to, everybody from the board and the CEO and across the company to buy into these practices. And so um, first I would like everybody to take the Global Black Funding Equity Pledge, which will almost, it will dramatically increase the probability that you will become an equitable funder. And the second thing we did last year is create an action plan so that we could promote more signatories um, to actually enact the practices. And one of those actions has been to create a Global Black Funding Equity Award we had our first awardee this year, um, which is called Agbara Fund. It is the first um, Black women's philanthropic fund, which supports social justice causes and businesses in Brazil. They have a very serious anti-Black racism problem in Brazil that is increasingly recognized. And so we're proud of their work. We encourage everyone to support nominees. You do not have to be a Black funder. We want everybody to be equitable in Black communities because everybody is better off. Um, You think about it with almost 2 billion Black people on the planet, that's 25% of all humanity. So how is the planet going to do well if Black people are continuously oppressed and the world can't benefit from all of the innovation that we have in our community because we can't take it to market. We can't get the funding. And so uh, we are trying to emphasize these role models. So nominate a funder of any background who you think is an equitable funder for this Global Black Funding Equity Award. We're trying to create the world's first Global Black Funding Equity Index that can be used in any community or in any institution to measure how equitable they are or are not and can be used for action planning to improve equitable business and nonprofit funding practices in black communities and markets. And so that is how we are approaching funding equity. 
anybody can promote, anybody's doing funding in black communities or other communities can be an equity funder um, by supporting uh, nonprofits and for-profits acting as agents of justice and um, economic prosperity in black communities. Thank you so much for that, Dr. Jackie. As we start to wrap up, would you mind reiterating some of the misconceptions? You spoke about some of them earlier about Black philanthropy and maybe repeating that information about the WISE Fund for my listeners who might want to know more about that. And make sure you check the show notes because I'll put a lot of that information in the the show notes. So make sure you check that out. Okay, thank you. The first myth that we our existence dispels is that Black people don't give, that we are the world's supplicants, that we take, but we don't give back. Nothing could be further from the truth. We give a higher proportion of our income in philanthropy, and we have the world's highest levels of entrepreneurship. What we don't have is fair access to private capital, whether that is in funding from foundations or funding from venture a capitalist is only about one to two percent and is less than one percent for black women. And so the first thing everyone needs to do to deal with that reality is just make sure they're being fair in their funding and really fund based on merit and potential. Give our businesses and nonprofits the same benefit of a doubt that we give to um, white led and founded nonprofits and businesses. We have innovators and sheer geniuses in our communities who come from all backgrounds. The third myth is that we we should be in despair, that there are so many crises right now that there's nothing we can do about it. Our high levels of philanthropy are part of Black culture from Africa to Caribbean, uh, Latin America, everywhere there are Black people. And that is like our secret power to promote change and the future that we want to see. Another myth is that Black philanthropists cannot support businesses. And that's not empirically true. Even most of the most impactful Black philanthropists are getting their philanthropy resources from a business that they supported. And many of the athletes and celebrities these days who have what's called a family office, they are both investing in businesses and in philanthropy. And classical African philanthropy, where it all started, the philanthropic institutions both supported businesses and they supported community projects. We need to support our business sector and our nonprofits to be economically strong as black people and be agents of justice for ourselves. That's the core message of Black Philanthropy Month and that women are key. We are often the first innovators in our communities, even though we are not consistently recognized or written into the history. So support black women, Support the diversity of Black communities because we are not monolithic. We represent the diversity we have uh, of, of humanity within our own communities. Support not only nonprofits, 
but also support our businesses who are suffering from racially unjust funding inequities as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Jackie, for stopping by the WTF podcast. And to my listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode and got a lot of value from it. If you did, make sure you rate, review, and share this episode with someone else who needs to hear it. Don't keep good information and good content to yourself. Dr. Jackie is also going to send me the information related to the Wise Funds. I'll drop that in the show notes. So make sure you check that out to get more information related to Black Philanthropy Month and the Wise Fund to see how you can benefit from some of those grants to grow your business. New episodes of the WTF podcast stream on Fridays on the Alive Podcast Network. Make sure that you're checking it out on your favorite streaming app and make sure that you follow the podcast on Instagram at where's the funding underscore podcast and on the LinkedIn page where's the funding and make sure you follow me the host Michelle J. McKenzie on LinkedIn.